This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Movement Mortgage. Movement provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Founded in 2008, amidst one of the biggest financial meltdowns in American history, Movement set forth on a mission to create a movement of change in their industry, in corporate cultures, and in communities. First, they pioneered a unique approach to home loans centered around helping home buyers quickly and easily. Then they created a model so that a portion of their profit creates a long-term positive impact in communities both close to home and around the globe through the Movement Foundation and Movement Schools. It all comes back to their mission to love and value people. Learn more at movement.com faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It's hard to imagine, but despite mortgage rates around 7%, it's still a seller's market for buying a home. I am Rob West. Many analysts predicted that home prices would level off in 2023. And while that's happening in some areas, prices continue to rise in others. I'll talk about that and what prospective buyers should do in a seller's market. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, so the National Association of Realtors reports that in the first quarter of 2023, home prices actually rose in seven out of 10 metro markets around the country. That happened even as the Federal Reserve continued to raise interest rates, pushing the average mortgage rate to nearly 7%. This isn't how things are supposed to work. When mortgage rates increase, prospective buyers typically bow out, resulting in fewer sales, which then cause prices to fall. That's Economics 101. When demand falls, so do prices. But that's not happening, partly because demand is not falling. Prospective homebuyers have apparently gotten used to the higher rates and are staying in the hunt. Meanwhile, prospective sellers are shying away from listing their properties because they don't want to pay those higher rates when financing their next home. The net result is that inventory or supply remains low, and with demand steady, prices will stay up. Okay, so what can you do about it? How do you buy a home in this market without breaking your budget? Well, start by not going it alone. Interview at least three real estate agents and pick the sharpest one. You want someone with a track record of helping folks buy homes in the neighborhood of your choice and who will stay on top of new listings. You or your agent may want to make a list of other real estate agencies in your area and make frequent calls to them, checking to see if they're working on potential houses that haven't been entered into the multiple listing service yet. You might be able to make an offer before a house hits the market, but be ready to make a quick decision. You also want to get pre-approved for a mortgage before you set foot in the first house on your list. That'll give you a leg up over the competition that hasn't bothered to look into financing. But understand that the lender will likely approve you for a bigger mortgage than you'll be comfortable with. Work up an estimated budget that allows 25% or less of your take-home pay for the mortgage payment. 
Also, you have to realize that in this market, buyers can't be choosers. The goal is to find an affordable home that meets your needs, not your dream house. Be flexible with your must-haves and be willing to make changes. Location is probably the most important thing to hold out for. Other things, like a finished basement, you can do later. Here's one that should go without saying. Don't bother trying to lowball a seller. With most homes selling near the asking price these days, making an offer well below that won't get you anywhere. To be competitive, you'll have to come in very close to the asking price, if not a little above. Here again, your agent can help you come up with a realistic opening offer. It's happening less and less these days, but you could find yourself in a bidding war where emotions can run high. You'll need to keep your wits about you or you'll find yourself with a fat mortgage payment and eating a lot of spam for dinner. Know the absolute upper limit of what you can spend and have the discipline to stop there. And don't try to put a lot of conditions on your offer. Sellers aren't in the mood to throw in a major appliance or give you a new roof allowance if you feel the house might need one. You have to keep the seller's interest in mind. Uh, For example, agree to a closing date of the seller's choice, not yours. Oh, and one final thought, you might need to consider doing nothing. That means waiting until the market moderates even further. Don't expect home prices to fall significantly in the future, but eventually inventory should catch up with demand and you'll have less competition. You definitely should wait if you haven't saved up 20% for a down payment. There's no sense in adding the cost of private mortgage insurance to your mortgage payment, which is likely to be high to begin with. PMI is required if you can't put 20% down, and it could run as high as $70 a month for every 100000 you borrow. It only protects the lender in case you default. It has no value for you at all. So those are some tips for surviving a seller's market. We hope you find them useful. If you're looking to buy a house this summer, let us know how it works out. And by the way, if you're in the market for a mortgage, check out our friends at movementmortgage.com forward slash faith. That's movementmortgage.com forward slash faith. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. Those lines are open 24-7, 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. God has entrusted his finances to you, and we at FaithFi have designed our FaithFi app to help you live, give, owe, and grow with that perspective. Our FaithFi app is the leading biblically-based finance app. You can manage your money, get top biblical financial resources, and interact with a community of like-minded believers, where you can ask questions, get answers, and share what you're learning. Go to faithfi.com and click the word app to get started. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com and the FaithFi app. You'll find powerful wisdom, free podcasts, articles, videos, and more from leading voices such as Randy Alcorn, Howard Dayton, Ron Blue, and our own Rob West. Grow in wisdom and knowledge by connecting with a community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards at faithfi.com or by downloading the FaithFi app.
Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm your host, Rob West. The number to call is 800-525-7000. I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we take your calls and questions from across the country. In fact, let's head out to Cleveland, Ohio. Grayson, you'll be our first caller today. Go ahead. All right. My question is, I want to apply for another credit card. I have a debt like $12,000, and what I'm trying to do is apply to pay that off without any interest. And they said that they would give it to me for 21 months. So if I pay on it and up to the 21 months, will I be responsible if I pay for the fee, not the fee, but the um, interest before the loan or after the loan is up, will I be responsible for that if I don't pay it off? Uh, Let me make sure I understand your question. So you want to do a balance transfer to a card that's offering 0% interest for 21 months. And you're wondering if you don't pay it off in its entirety by the end of 21 months, will you be charged retroactively for all of the interest that you had been paying previously? Yeah. 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 Um, Oftentimes, uh, you know, in some cases it will be retroactive in others. uh, You would just be charged interest on the balance from that point forward, whatever's remaining. So you'd need to check the fine print. Bottom line is I don't love this approach uh, to paying off debt. I understand it's attractive in that you say, well, listen, why wouldn't I take advantage of this offer uh, to be able to, you know, do this interest free for a a pretty good period of time? Number one, there's going to be a, a fee, a balance transfer fee, 2 or 3% of the balance. So they're insured that amount, even if you do pay it off. Often when the uh, pressure is taken off by the removal of the interest, you have less incentive to pay it off. So my experience is you won't. That's just what I've watched and observed. Um, and it also doesn't require that you uh, really resolve the issue that led to the debt in the first place, which is likely overspending without a, a, a balanced budget or spending plan. So my preference, Grayson, even though it will cost a little bit more over the long haul because we're not eliminating the interest, is to go through debt management, what's called a credit counseling program with our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org. That's the better approach, I think, because they'll help you get on a budget, get the interest rate down, and you don't have to play the balance transfer game moving forward. Their web address is christiancreditcounselors.org, and that's going to be my preferred approach for you to pay this off once and for all. God bless you, my friend. Uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I, hi, Ann. How can I help you? Hi, um, I am a widow, and I uh, <clears throat> I am now not working except part-time. I only have about... Thirty thousand in the bank and about seven, sixteen or seventeen in a uh, school retirement. And um, I know when I hit seventy-two, which is in December, they're going to want me to start taking out some of that money. So, would I be wise to see if I can leave it where it is and only take a small amount, or would I be better to roll the whole thing into something else? Uh, yeah. So that uh, is currently where it's. Uh... It's still with you, the university that you worked for or the college? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, um, you know, one opportunity would be if you decided to roll it out to an IRA, um, have you separated from employment or are you still there? No, I'm not there anymore. I am working some part-time, but I'm not working there anymore. 
Okay. All right. Um, and will you turn 72 or, or did you turn 72 after December 31st of last year? No, it's this year. This year I turned 72. Okay. Um, so if you don't turn 72 until this year, your age for taking that required minimum is actually 73, not 72. They're systematically increasing that. It's eventually going to be pushed out uh, to age 75. But uh, for anyone who turns 72 after December 31st of 2022, your age for taking that required minimum distribution is actually 73. Um, so you will have another year before you have to start doing that. Um, if at that point you want to satisfy that required minimum, but you don't need the money even then, uh, then what you could look at would be what's called a qualified charitable distribution. It would have to be in an IRA, so you'd have to roll it out. But what that means is if, if you're doing any giving to your church or a charity right now out of current cash flow or out of savings on an annual basis, one thing you could do would be to not give that amount from your own cash or your savings and do that from the IRA through a qualified charitable distribution. That would satisfy the required minimum and take that same money that you were giving out of current cash flow or savings and just bring it out of the IRA instead. And at that point, it's not added to your gross uh, adjusted gross income, so you don't pay any tax on it, and you can give the ministry or charity or both the same amount that you would have been giving otherwise. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. So you probably have to talk to some financial person on this. Not necessarily. So what would happen is once you roll that out to an IRA, let's say you did that at Fidelity or Charles Schwab, um, you would then contact your uh, the brokerage firm that handles it, the custodian of the account, and just let them know that you want to do a qualified charitable distribution. You'd let the church or your charity know that it's coming, and they will initiate the paperwork to send the amount that you need to send to satisfy the required minimum, and it'll just send straight over to the charity. And They'll receive it uh, at that point, and um, you know, then you'll report to the IRS that you did it so they know that you took out your required minimum. But again, that wouldn't be until age 73. And, and that would all have to be a one lump sum, correct, to do a qualified charitable? No, you could do that. Percent, yeah. uh, it, no, it could be as long as you reach the total required minimum uh, throughout the, that calendar year, by the end of that calendar year, then you're covered. Okay, and I have one other question. Uh, since I don't have lots of money, uh, like 30000 in the bank, it's, I'm, it's just sitting there because I am trying to keep my home going and all the repairs and this and that, and I don't have a lot. So uh, I've been advised to kind of keep my money liquid, but that would it be wise for me to take two or 3000 and do one of the CDs for seven months or something like that? Sure. Yeah. You know, some of these CDs to get the most competitive rates, you do need to put, you know, they have minimums. And so you would just have to look at that. But you could go to bankrate.com and explore the banks that have the very best CD rates right now. And you could even type in as part of the search criteria how much you want to put into it. Uh, to only see those results of banks that would allow you to put in that amount. Uh, because again, in order to get the most competitive rates, you might have a 10 or even a $25,000 minimum that you would have to put in. But yeah, I don't have any problem with that. The other option is to open a high yield savings account. Where is that 30000 currently? Uh, Arvest. And what are you getting in terms of a, a, a yield on that? 
you know, I, I'm not sure some, it, something looked like two something, two point okay. something. Okay. Yeah. There are rates that are much better than that right now. So you could look at Marcus or capital one, three sixty. Um, you know, right now, Marcus.com is paying 4.15% on their high yield savings. So you could put the whole 30,000 in there and you'd get over 4% a year on that. It's FDIC insured, uh, and you'd have full access to the money whenever you needed it. So that might be an alternative as opposed to leaving it there and just putting only a few thousand into a CD. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thanks very much for your call. We'll be right back with more calls and questions right after this. We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at movement.com slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head to Valparaiso, Illinois. Hi, Bill. Go ahead, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for your ministry. You do finances. and My question is, I met with a financial advisor, and he was recommending annuities. And I've always stayed away from them, and I am retired, and I was wondering your thoughts on it. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of annuities. Um, they, you know, the highlight is that they offer guaranteed income in retirement. Um, and if you're looking for a guaranteed amount of income by, you know, putting a certain uh, lump sum into an annuity and then converting that to an income stream either immediately or down the road, um, you know, that can be something that's desirable for folks who are wanting to transfer the risk away from themselves in, let's say, the stock market to an insurance company and just know that they have that guaranteed income for life for themselves or themselves and a spouse. Um, You know, there are different varieties of annuities, although that's a downside because they are complicated. So you have to understand what you're buying. And there is some tax deferred growth that can be a benefit. But I think the downside is they are complex, there are high fees, and you lose access to your money if you need it early, at least without surrender penalties. So I think for that reason, I'm always my bias is toward uh, doing your investing in investment products where you're managing the risk either yourself or with an advisor through diversification and selecting the right investments so they're 
you know, consistent with your risk tolerance, but keeping full access to your money and not having a lot of high fees and complexity that come with an insurance product. But again, I wouldn't say that there's never an opportunity or a place for an annuity. I think it really just depends on what is the primary objective of this. Is it something you're seeking out because it meets a need or is it something that's being sold to you? And, you know, obviously that would not be why I would want to buy an annuity, but give me your thoughts, Bill. Well, thank you. Um, I'm on the same page as you and they do have high fees and you do um, turn your money over to an insurance company and, and it was brought up to me to protect the amount of money I do have that we're living on and retiring. Yeah. So, so, and I, I can certainly understand case. that. I, I think that you need to explore, though, the alternative. How much money would we be talking about? Well, I was only thinking about giving them a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred thousand. Okay. And how much would you still have outside of that in liquid investable assets? Oh. About 400000 Okay. Yeah, so you'd still have plenty of funds available. And um, do you have um, income that meets your obligations right now uh, without counting on this roughly half a million dollars? Or do you need an income stream in order to meet your monthly living expenses? Well, yes, we do have Social Security, and we do take a little bit out every month to live on from it. And we're going to – I was thinking about – if I went with that annuity, I'd switch over my income per month with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, I, I think, I mean, at the very least, I would explore other alternatives. Again, my preference would be that you keep full access to your funds and just build a portfolio with an advisor that makes sense. But I think, you know, ultimately, if having the peace of mind where a portion of this is generating the income that you need to perhaps meet your obligations, so now you don't have to worry about the market because you know your bills are covered and you still have the majority of your assets available, you know, outside of an annuity product, I could get on board with that. I think it's really just what gives you the most peace of mind. Um, so I, I think from this point forward, I would probably talk to a few advisors just to compare this to some alternatives, pray it through, and then make your final decision. Yes, I do have a regular advisor I work with. Um, this was a new one. He's a Christian background. He was re recommended with a friend. So and then when he threw that at me, I thought, okay, I got to take a couple steps <laughs> back and do a little more research on it. Sure. Yeah, well, that makes some sense. Well, I think, uh, you know, ultimately this is the decision you need to be comfortable with. So I would take uh, my thoughts and advice and, you know, continue to seek wise counsel, pray through it and make the decision that feels the best to you and your wife. But um, that's at least my thoughts on it. Hopefully that's helpful to you, Bill. And we appreciate you calling today. God bless you, sir. Uh, quickly to Aurora, Tom, I have just about two minutes left. Go ahead, sir. Okay, we have uh, two homes, one home in Illinois, one home in Florida, and we go back and forth, and we are retired. We've been able to maintain both homes for a number of years, but we're eating into our IRA gradually. I'm looking at how to free up the equity in the homes. The one home in Illinois is 100% clear and mortgage-free. The one in Florida has about 50% um, of, of total equity. And I've considered looking at uh, reverse mortgages. I'm not happy with that one necessarily, but also I've looked at what an HEA and and work up something like that, a home equity agreement between one of my daughters 
I know one would like to have the home in Florida and just wondering what's the best way to get equity out of a home, still be able to maintain, live in both of them. Uh, and then at some point, Papa on her death, how we divide it with the kids. Yeah. Um, and so you're looking for an income stream from this. Is that right? Yeah, I, I have an IRA. Uh, we have pension. I have Social Security and my wife does. And we've been able to maintain the homes. But, you know, it's with medical bills and things that come up, we've been taking more out of the IRA than we would like. And taxes have been going up. So we're just looking how can we free up the equity in the homes. They both have equity. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, you know, and, and when you looked at the, um, the reverse mortgage, you just weren't pleased with the fees associated with it. Is that well, right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure I understand it more with the fees. And I think you can only get like 60% of your uh, home equity. Um, yeah. and, uh, so I was looking a little bit more at the HEA with one of my daughters, uh, who would probably you know, buy into the share of the equity of the home. And then upon our death, I would split it with the other daughter. Yeah, that would probably be the best option where if she's going to inherit it anyway, she could go ahead and take it now. You just have to factor in the tax consequences of that. Let's do this. Um, I'll have my team get your number and I'll get you in touch with somebody who can help you process this a little more fully. There's a lot of complexity involved in this. And unfortunately, I'm out of time today. So you stay on the line, give us your information and we'll get somebody to reach out to you. And that's going to do it for us today. I really appreciate your taking time to listen to this program and to committing the principles we talk about each time to your financial life. You see, God's plan isn't difficult, but it does take discipline, and I hope we can encourage you along the way as you listen to this program. Incidentally, if you've been helped by what you've heard here, would you mind helping us? This broadcast, the Faith Buy app, and the other great resources we provide wouldn't be possible without the financial support we receive from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, we would you visit our website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. And then click the Give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.